Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to our noonday service. We are so glad that you have joined us today, the last Wednesday of the month of February in the year 2024. So thank you all for joining us. Let us begin with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you in the humblest manner that we know how, thanking you, Lord, for this opportunity to come and worship you today. We thank you, Lord, for the many, many, many blessings that you bestowed upon us. Your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for a good night's sleep, Lord. We thank you for waking us up to a beautiful sunny day. We thank you, Lord, for a reasonable portion of health and strength. We thank you for resources, for houses, for land, for for food, for clothes, for for a job, Lord, for all the blessings that you bestow upon each of us. We thank you. We praise you. Lord, we ask that you be with those that are sick among us. I'm not going to call any names today, Lord, but you know who they are. We ask that you be with each person, each family that's represented today. Lord, we ask you to give us what we stand in need of. Some come for one thing and some for another, but you know, Lord, what it is that's in our hearts, our hearts' desires, and you know our needs even better than we do. And we just say thank you. We thank you for what you will do for us, what you are already doing, and for what you have done. Now, Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to come into this place and teach your people. Speak through me, Lord, that they may be edified, encouraged, and inspired on today. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen on today, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. Our word is exciting. Um, We are doing multiple things on today. I actually have a a Microsoft Teams um, uh, training that I'm doing. And so I'm hoping that everybody can hear fine and there are no um, technical difficulties if If you are experiencing something, you can't hear me, you're getting an echo or something, please text me and let me know. But hopefully things will go well today. So our text for today comes from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans 1, 16. And this is what it says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, 
then to the Gentile. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 from the New International Version. So our subject for today is not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed of the gospel. To be ashamed of something is to be embarrassed by it, to feel condemnation and guilt. But when I think of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I feel power and assurance, confidence and security. And the thing it is that it doesn't matter to me what other people think or rather they understand my faith and my belief in Jesus. That doesn't make a difference to me, and it won't change my mind. Did I always feel this way? The truth is, no, I did not. I was once a closet Christian for many years, afraid to speak out and be open about how I felt about Jesus Christ, about my belief, about my salvation, being born again. In college, nobody was trying to talk about Jesus. No, everyone, including me, was too busy talking about a sorority or a fraternity, their boyfriend or girlfriend, even their classes and their classification and their career goals. But nobody was talking about Jesus. When I entered the workplace, nobody was talking about Jesus there either. They were talking about their students and the administration and the curriculum, the parents, how much money they made, starting their families, how to pay bills, everything but Jesus. Now, that might not have been the case in your surroundings, but pretty much the only time we talked about Jesus in my arena was when I actually attended a church service. But outside of that, Hardly anybody was talking about Jesus. But a funny thing happened to me over the years of my discipleship, my trying to live out my faith and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I started gaining confidence in my faith and my belief. I gained vocabulary to explain what I believe. I became able to articulate my belief. I started being bold in my testimony. God called me to the ministry. I wrote a book about my faith and started a podcast. I teach Bible study and preach a weekly noonday service. I don't try to put my light under a bush anymore and hide it, but rather I let it shine. But please know this. I don't say these things to puff myself up because Galatians 6 and 14 clearly says, may I never boast except in the cross 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm saying these things to show you how Jesus Christ can turn your life around. Because he turned my life around. I was so shy. And the truth is, I'm still very much an introvert. But my goal, my boldness comes from the inward light that God put inside me and has cultivated in me since the time of my being born again. Salvation is immediate, but conversion, conversion happens over time. And it took me time to get to this point in my life. I thank God for being patient with me because in so many ways, I have been a very slow learner, but God. The word says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to bring salvation to all who believe. What is salvation anyway? It is deliverance from sin and the consequence of death and eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So salvation means I have forgiveness, justification, righteousness, and life. In other words, it is the ransom that was paid for our lives. Jesus ransomed us with his life. But honestly, knowing those things had all happened to me when I accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life was wonderful. But truthfully, they were not the things that helped me get over shame of sharing the gospel, or in my case, the shyness of sharing the gospel, of speaking about my faith and belief or sharing my life as a Christian with others who may not have the same beliefs. No, the thing that made the biggest difference in my life was studying and following the life and the words of Jesus himself. You see, most people in the world think harshly, or I won't say most, many, a lot, think harshly of Christians. If they find out you profess Christianity, Christianity, or if you're a pastor or a preacher, a lot of times you get a whoa, or maybe even people back away from you. We went to a picnic once, my husband and I, and we sat to a table with people and slowly one by one, they got up to leave and we noticed we were at the table by ourselves. Eventually we moved to another table and the same thing happened. They were drinking and they were having a good time and I think they just felt uncomfortable around us. Because many people think preachers don't have fun. That we only listen to 
praise or gospel music that we spout out scriptures or, as I call it, church speak all the time. And that we're critical of everyone else. They think we're boring, self-centered, and judgmental people. And sadly, many who profess to be Christians are. Many pastors are. Preachers are critical and judgmental and speak harshly of other people. But that's not who Jesus was. And if you really want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not a closet Christian or a legalistic hypocrite full of religiosity, then you really need to consider who Jesus was and imitate Jesus. So let's talk about five things about Jesus Christ that helped me in my life know how to be and how to conduct myself. Not that I'm arrived, as Paul said, but I am trying and thank God I'm not who I used to be. So the number one thing that I think that we need to realize about Jesus was that Jesus loved to spend time with his people. Luke 15 and 23 says, let us eat and celebrate. In this story about the prodigal son where the son came home, that's what the father said. Remember in the story, the father represented God. So basically, Jesus was saying, this is how I would handle things. Let's have a big celebration. Let's get the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. Jesus was known for mingling with people, sharing a meal, and even attending parties like a wedding party. Jesus was fun. He had a sense of humor. He wasn't stuck up and arrogant. He was a regular person. That was Jesus. Someone who laughed and cried and even got angry enough to turn over tables and politely cuss people out. I don't know about you, but I can get with somebody like that. Somebody real and not pretentious. The second thing about Jesus is that Jesus was flexible, not rigid. Let me give you an example. Mark 20, excuse me, Mark 2 and 27 says, the Sabbath was made for man. Now the fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But Jesus said, remember this. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Whenever someone really needed a healing and Jesus wanted to help them, he did. 
even if it meant doing work on the Sabbath. Basically, Jesus was reminding us of why we have laws in the first place, to help us. But laws themselves are not the end-all, be-all. The rule was made because God wanted us to remember to take time out and rest in him, just like he rested after the six days of creation. But resting does not only have to take place on Sunday. It can be flexible because a lot of the rules that we meet, that we talk about, are man-made things that go along with the actual commandment that God gave. And we made those to make ourselves seem even more pious and religious. But Jesus says we can be flexible, just like when we pray. We don't always have to kneel or bow our heads or close our eyes. We can be flexible. The most important thing of all is the posture of our heart towards God whenever we do anything that we do. So Jesus loved to spend time with his people. Jesus was flexible. And number three, Jesus was compassionate. Matthew 11 and 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He hurt. Jesus hurt when he saw people hurting. He healed so many people and would have healed more people if they had believed in him. Jesus even washed the feet of his disciples to show them how to serve others in a humble and compassionate way. Everything you do, do it all with your heart as if you're doing it unto God. Jesus was compassionate. And number four, Jesus was giving. John 3.16, perhaps the most well-known scripture in all the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I cannot recall a time in the Bible when someone came to Jesus for help and he refused to help them, to give them of himself. And when I think about my own life, I realize the meaning of that phrase, you can't beat God giving, no matter how you try, because God is constantly giving to us. Jesus was not stingy. And if we're to be his disciples, we cannot be stingy. Jesus gives. The word says that it rains and the sun shines on everybody, even those that don't believe in God. 
Jesus is a, is a giving God. And finally, the last thing that I want us to realize about Jesus, if we're going to be his disciple, is that Jesus was God. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we're not just talking about a famous celebrity here when we talk about Jesus and we talk about being a follower of him. Not a fan, not a groupie, but a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're talking about God Almighty the creator of the universe. Jesus Christ, God himself. So if you're going to be different and not one of those Christians that people look at and don't want to be around, that, that they want to shun, if you want to be a Christian that when people look upon you, they see the Jesus in you. And that light is so bright that they want to be. And they want to have that light for themselves. Then you need to be like Jesus. Who loved to spend time with other people. Was flexible and not just rigid. Was compassionate. Giving. And Jesus was God. So we always, always need to be respectful and reverent about who Jesus was. These are the reasons that I can recite this verse and feel its power because it is my reality. And I hope that it is your reality as well. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word on today. For teaching us how we really need to be when we're born again and we re receive salvation. That we're just not pious and religious objects, but we are people just like you trying to imitate and emulate your love among others. Because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for coming to earth, for showing us how to be. We thank you. We ask you to help each one of us grow up, have much faith and courage to be the people that you're calling us to be. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen, everybody. I thank you again for being with us today on our noonday service. I hope 
that you will get into the Word of God. Read those red-letter passages, those things that Jesus said, and try to make sure that you're following Jesus. Thank you. Let us repeat our benediction. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. I love you, and you can't do a thing about it. God bless you. Go and be great for God.